This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Canary. Thanks for joining us. Florida Gulf Coast University's new president, Dr. Ashkel Timmer, officially took the reins from Dr. Mike Martin on July 1st. She's been at FGCU since 2019, most recently serving as vice president and vice provost for strategy and program innovation. Dr. Timmer is the university's fifth president and first female president in its 26 years, and she is the school's first immigrant president. She was born in Turkey and received her bachelor's and master's degrees in business administration at University of Istanbul before heading to the U.S. in 1998 to pursue her Ph.D., which she received from University of South Florida in 2006. Prior to joining FGCU, President Timmer worked for Hodges University in Fort Myers, where she began as a teaching assistant in 1999 and steadily moved up the ranks to become a full professor of economics in 2009, then dean of the Johnson School of Business in 2014, and then senior vice president of academic affairs in 2017. FGCU's board of trustees elected Dr. Timmer in a 7-6 to six vote back in May, and she was then confirmed last month by a unanimous vote by the Florida Board of Governors. She joins us today for our first sit-down with her in this new role. President Timmer, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So you were born in Turkey, and I understand you were a first-generation college student. Correct. Can you reflect on the role or the place that education, where it, where it fit into your life growing up? You know, did you see higher education? You know, where did education fit for you as a younger person? So actually, everything started in um, middle school. I kind of um, started discovering my passion in math little by little. And then uh, that passion turned into really bigger interests when I was first introduced to calculus. Mm. And then, you know, I kind of really um, hooked very much to math and how to interpret math and relate to current things. And so for that reason, I developed a kind of interest um, studying business and how, how I can take math principles and apply into uh, business environment. So it's, it's very surprising that nobody in my family had that. So even, um, you know, Later on in life, when I uh, started talking to my family members and my father said, it was very surprising to us that you really became a kind of expert in math and found your passion. But that's how really it started. You got your degrees in business administration. You're an economist. Did you ever consider a career in like pure math? You know? No, no. <laughs> I I kind of found myself that I am very extrovert. So I'm not a kind of a person that just sits and uh, does the math. More of, okay, I have these numbers. Let's speak about these numbers, mm -hmm. what they mean to us. That's why I really liked relating math to economics mm -hmm. because it made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, real world applications. Right. Real did, world applications, that's for sure. Did you come to the U.S. because you were going to pursue your Ph.D.? 
Yes. Um, actually, right, uh, I was in the middle of my master's program in uh, Istanbul. I started working in the corporate world. And, uh, and I, at the age of 24, I was working in a big holding with almost uh, 37 CEOs. And I was uh, working with them in terms of total quality management implementation. And they and and I develop a bigger interest in the field, but more of the economic side of it. And so I said, I want to do my PhD, but I want to do it in the most capitalist nation in the world. And guess where the best higher education system is? United States of America. And so the goal was temporarily come to the U.S. and study and go back to my work. But then I landed in Southwest Florida. It's a, another show probably we have to schedule because it's a long story. And I fell in love with the community. I fell in love with Southwest Florida people here. And, and this community has adopted me. So that is how, you know, I stayed here, connected to my PhD. I loved Southwest Florida so much that I commuted to Tampa for my PhD. But um, coming here, the first intention was really truly investing in my education, my PhD. Why Southwest Florida? Uh, it you was, could have gone. There's a lot of places here in the United States. <laughs> Actually, you're absolutely right. We were, you know, uh, at that time, my fiance today, my husband of uh, 25 years, um, we were thinking about going to California. We were thinking about going to, you know, different parts of the country. But then um, we found that my mother-in-law had a friend uh, who lived uh, in Southwest Florida and recommended that this is a good way to start because, um, Mike, remember, I had no words in English. I had this big audacious goal to do my PhD, but I had no words, uh, very, uh, no ability to speak in English. So, and she recommended that we would come here just until I actually learned the language a little bit. So, um, but I'm so glad that that happened. It was a coincidence, but I'm just so happy that it happened. I know this is purely speculative, but you moved here in 98, which is the second year FGCU had classes going. You didn't speak English yet. You were certainly aware of FGCU, I'm sure, on some level. Could you even, like, if you could go back and tell yourself, yeah. you're going to be president of that university someday as you were learning your first great English skills. I mean, could you even have imagined? No, no. And actually, I came to the FGCU campus 1990, uh, later 1998, and I was searching for if this would be the school for my PhD. Oh. So I... Too early on for that. Too probably. early on for that. So I remember I went to the admissions office and I looked at it. I'm like, is it really a university here? And so they, at the time, I asked, you know, if there was a PhD program, and they were like, not yet. 
And so, um, but yeah, that was the moment of my life. Did you start at Hodges as a teaching assistant while you were still pursuing your PhD? Even before that, before my application. So to... you were you were doing your PhD while you were working your way up. Correct. Correct. Gotcha. Yes, hmm. raising a family and still learning the language. You know, um, when you learn the language after the age of twenty-seven, right? Um, it's it, it continues on, and I am still learning the language. So that is a great thing for me that I listen to different words and I try to pick up different accents. And so for that reason, my accent will never, ever change once you learn the language after certain ages. And so you were at Hodges for a long time, like 18 years. Yes. Uh, worked your way all the way up to uh, Senior Vice President of Academic Affairs. Um, did you have your eyes on FGCU during that time or, or not? Well, it, it is very uh, interesting that I was always working with FGCU. So I was part of uh, many studies that the Regional Economic Research Institute at FGCU was conducting. And so we started a lot of um, new initiatives together. So I was coming here for so many meetings, a lot of collaboration between FGCU and the Johnson School of Business at the time. And so uh, I knew a lot of people around here at FGCU, even without working here. Um, you came here. Your first role was um, assistant vice president and assistant vice provost for strategy and program innovation. And then I was you became... just assistant vice president of strategic initiative, strategy, and program innovation. Correct. Uh, those are titles that have a lot of words in them. A lot of words. Can you describe the roles that you played here at FGCU and in, in over the, I guess it was four years mm -hmm. that you've been here before becoming president? Right. So um, my role was a very uh, dynamic and very integrated role uh, from the president's office to academic affairs and working with all faculty and staff for um, you know, as part of the strategic plan, um, implementing different elements of strategic initiatives. So I was, when I first came to FGCU, I was grabbing a cup of coffee and meeting with our uh, faculty members, meeting with our staff members, and really talking about different types of ideas, uh, talking different uh, initiatives that uh, I have been building teams around those strategic um, initiatives. So I created um, uh, a very inclusive environment that we were constantly working and responding to dynamics of uh, or changing needs of higher education. So my role was very has always been very exciting from that standpoint, um, reaching out to a variety of people and working with them, um, micro-credentials and digital badges, or you know, applying for larger grants, or other community initiatives, um, or maybe a continuous improvement initiative that we identified an area that needed more focus. So uh, has been always very rewarding 
with uh, working with so many people. I told President Martin at the time so many times, I have the largest team. I have the <laughs> entire institution um, to work with. But it was very um, rewarding and energetic. So uh, the first time, uh, the first round of presidential search, the one that kind of fizzled out, you were not involved with that. No. Did it? When did it occur to you to throw your hat into the ring, I guess is the question. So um, when I uh, started receiving um, so many uh, phone calls and um, so many um, messages, emails, or office visits from our internal community, um, FTCU community, and outside community, um, and um, at, at the beginning, I was... Um, I love what I do. I love FTCU, and I love the Southwest Florida community. And then with the feedback I received, and along with my um, long-term mentors, uh, things started coming together. I started seeing uh, the uh, bigger initiatives and bigger things. And of course, uh, one of my biggest um, mentor was um, uh, President Martin and um, his encouragement and his leadership made a big difference for me to apply the second round. But again, um, hearing a lot from our community uh, members and FGCU community all together, I started getting excited about what can be done more. And that kind of motivated me to apply. What was that process like, you know, from the time you officially made it so through the confirmation hearings and everything? Uh, it has been a, a different process. Uh, it has been a little bit challenging process. It is not that it is the process is difficult. It is a public public facing process. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it is at the beginning it was a little bit um, uh, maybe intimidating, but then you know it is my community. Uh, these are the people I work with every day, uh, internally and externally. Um, yes, there were um, some challenges along the way, um, but I was very confident who I am, uh, who I have been. And so that made it um, much easier that, you know, it is truly me and talking about my passion, uh, talking about, you know, uh, my investment in the community and FGCU. Uh, so that made it, um, from that perspective, much smoother process in my mind. Did you say something during one of the hearings that there was a coincidence that you had been in that same room, something leading up to your PhD? What was that? Oh, absolutely. So at the same room at the University of South Florida that I confirmed by the Board of uh, Governors, it was the same room I went to my PhD, uh, first PhD orientation. And it was the same room that my son graduated from his uh, College of Engineering degree, uh, you know, a week before my confirmation. Wow. He had the ring ceremony, the engineering ring ceremony there. So uh, it was really a big 
coincidence that I said, I said, it's like a full circle. Yeah, that must have so, felt really good. Yes, it felt very, very good. I would like to take a moment to reintroduce my guest. Dr. Ashkel Timmer is Florida Gulf Coast University's new president. She officially took over the role on July 1st. We're getting to know her today and get a sense of her mindset and goals going into her presidency. If you'd like to engage with the show about today's topics, just find us on WGCU social media. We're on Facebook at WGCU Public Media. And on Twitter, we're at WGCU. Use the hashtag GCL. So you took over on July 1st. How much busier are your days now than prior in your other roles? Very busy, uh, but it is good busy. So I am... Uh, around the campus, uh, uh, meeting with our students and talking to our faculty, talking to our staff. Uh, at the same time, I have meetings. It is very busy, but it is very uh, energetic, uh, very uh, motivating. Hmm. Both of your predecessors, Dr. Mike Martin and Dr. Wilson Bradshaw, had been president before taking their job here. Um, this is your first job as president. Uh, is that energizing or daunting? Uh, let's find a, a midpoint. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, there are days, uh, you know, it is really um, energizing. There are days that, you know, I am uh, seeing new things and how I need to respond and finding my own way um, to respond those uh, sometimes uh, challenges or issues. But um, I feel that at this moment, uh, working with such great leaders in the past um, um, and still continue to see them as my mentors, I know that if I reach out to them, I have so many people around. Um, I think um, uh, I am really getting um, uh, confident uh, about my role and um, uh, my job now. But of course, Mark, uh, Mike, it is just, uh, this is 18, so it is, you know, this day marks the 18th day. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are your priorities coming out of the gate? So um, the prior priorities are based on let the momentum continue. Right, FGCU has been an incredible trajectory, um, building and growing um, uh, over time. So again, let the momentum continue. Uh, but at the same time, uh, our current strategic plan, our strategic directions, the way that we organize them will end in December. Therefore, um, we have a lot of approval processes in the middle that we need to um, uh, prepare our strategic plan so that we all are moving to the same uh, direction as a team. So to me, that is one of the priorities that definitely next several months um, um, we will be developing the next strategic plan. Um, developing the plan is one thing, but the second thing is how you communicate uh, in terms of that plan and making sure that it is an inclusive plan development requires a lot of communication, internal and external. So those are the two major uh, things for me uh, to focus on, make sure that we are um, putting it together in a right way. Uh, strategic plans are five-year plans typically, right? And the, the one that's ending was sort of Dr. Martin's plan. So Correct. it's kind of a... a 
the timing's kind of nice for you. You're not coming in in the middle of a five-year plan. You're coming in at the beginning of a new five-year plan, so you can help craft it in a different way. Absolutely. But um, again, we have done incredibly great work. There will be a lot of elements of the current strategic plan um, uh, continuing on the momentum and then responding to new needs. You're absolutely right. We're going to have, you know, our uh, core guiding principles, and then we're going to add the new things to respond to uh, changing uh, higher education and the business and work environment. Um, I had Dr. Martin on the show last week. Um, I had him reflect on the the, the greater role politics is playing in higher education these days. Um, he kind of gave his take on it. You know, what are your thoughts on the place we find ourselves here in Florida when it comes to politics and higher education? Well, um, one thing is that uh, I... FGCU is very mission focused, and we will continue to uh, working towards our mission while we are, um, as a very flexible and nimble organization, responding some of these changing uh, changes coming to our way. Um, and I am very confident about how we are going to. Um, continue on our mission um, in this environment. So um, we have a very strong uh, team of, again, faculty, staff, students, administrators, alumni, and community members. Um, But again, we are very mission focused and continue to do the work. Uh, Doesn't matter what the environment is. All right. Um, Your first, your FGCU's fifth president, your first female president, but I did the math, and you're actually the sixth female president of a university in Florida's public s- schools ever. Okay. Uh, the first was uh, USF, um, J- Judy Genshaft. Uh, did you know her at all? Was yes. she an inspiration or model at all? Because oh, absolutely. You know, you're now six behind her. She was one. Yeah. And that was in 2000. So it's only been since 2000 that we've had female presidents in Florida. I got my diploma from her. Huh. Yes, I have pictures with her when I got my PhD. Um, and actually, uh, um, she was at the graduation and gave me my hood. And so uh, it was very inspiring. Um, and um, she has done a great job. And I've, I will, uh, I hope that I will follow um, her uh, enthusiasm and her passion in higher education. Um, You're also FGCU's first president who's an immigrant. You came here from Turkey, as we discussed. Uh, Do you, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say, do you see yourself as a role model, but, you know, do you see yourself as a role model? You know, for younger students that are coming up, students, you know, where English is their second language, you know, females that are wanting to go into higher education. Um, And how does it feel to be in that role? Um. That's a very good question. Um, I I think it is very important to see role models in front of you. I I think what I bring is uh, different um, um, perspectives uh, in terms of, uh, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. Um, It is, you know, 
I went through a lot of challenges. You know, maybe it is easy to now to tell the story that, you know, yes, I learned the language and then I commuted from Naples to Tampa for four years, for uh, four days a week for four years, and I raised a family at the same time and I work full time, right? So once you start talking about all those things, you know, I hope that I would be a role model. Have I balanced uh, all these things and still inspired to do uh, great work for our, uh, for my professional work, uh, for my uh, personal goals, and raising a family, and then um, telling others that um, you know you can do so many things at the same time once you build that support system around you. Hmm. Um, we had you on the show last year. You were talking about the Southwest Florida Equitable Jobs Pipeline, the big grant that you guys got. Um, you know, it's if I could summarize it, it's about trying to work with industry in order to provide what they need instead of just providing students and maybe that matches up. Is that a simple way to put it? Absolutely. It is a simple way to do it. How do we respond to skills gaps, creating short-term credentials and making sure that these individuals after the training place into jobs and careers? Correct. My question is, um, you know, it's always been a challenge in higher education to make sure you're training students for the jobs that are out there. Uh, technology has changed the world around us a lot. That seems to be increasing rapidly in the last six months because of some of this large language model AI stuff. It's already changing some jobs drastically. How do you address that at a university where you have incoming freshmen who by the time they're seniors, there may be a totally different job market? Correct. Um, And that's a very good question. And so here is where FGCU is becoming a national model uh, in terms of responding to these ever-changing skills and uh, new uh, areas that coming to our way. So what we do is that um, we continue on our traditional degree programs, but we are talking to industries where we are seeing new competencies, new skills needed, necessary for new jobs, and we are adding those as um, micro-credentials to our curriculum that students continue to have long-lasting degree programs and the traditional programs and these changing um, skills and to be really ready for these new jobs and new careers. And that is the unique model that we created that it is really becoming a national model. Um, FGCU is still a relatively young school compared to some other schools, still relatively small. Does that make it be, you know, relatively nimble in, in, in this regard? You know, Absolutely. In, 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 you know, there's no like lumbering institutional momentum that wants to do things a certain way. Um, we are young, and um, that is one important element, but we also have very dedicated faculty and staff responding to these changes very quickly. So, um, you know, being young and having this wonderful team that always ready to innovate, come up with new ways to prepare our students to be the best um, 
that is something that I'm so proud of. Hmm. Have you been in touch with any of the other 11 presidents around the uh, state that you are now among? Oh, yes. Actually, every Monday, our um, you know state university system chancellor has um, meetings with us, 12 of us. So it has been wonderful that I receive messages from them, and I am seeing them every Monday uh, along with our chancellor. Um, so it has been wonderful teamwork. Hmm. Well, we're pretty much out of time. Do you have any final thoughts you want to leave us with? Well, uh, one thing I just want to mention that I am uh, truly honored um, to be the president of FGCU, the fifth president of FGCU, um, working with our um, students, faculty, staff, our community, our alumni. And thank you, WGCU, inviting me for this uh, wonderful conversation. And I hope to come back very often to update you on what is happening at FGCU. We hope to have you back quite often. It's been good starting this process with you here today. Uh, my guest is Dr. Ashkel Timmer. She's president of Florida Gulf Coast University. President Timmer, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. And wings up and go Eagles. If you missed any of the show today, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org GCL, or wherever you find podcasts. Our show today was produced by yours truly. Our director today is Jared Gonzalez. Our social media coordinator is Tara Calligan. For now, thank you for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM. We are NPR for Southwest Florida. Thank you.